Hello, everyone. This is Sal from Bitcoin Taxes. Welcome to our podcast. Each episode, we speak to an expert with knowledge related to cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. Our guest today is Matt Aaron. Matt is the co-founder of Crazy Calm CBD Coffee. He previously worked at Bitcoin.com, launching and running their podcast network, as well as leading development efforts in Latin America. Matt left Bitcoin.com to focus full time on Crazy CBD Coffee, which is advocating for the use of cryptocurrency in high risk banking industries like the cannabis industry. Matt, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be on the show. Awesome. And can you tell me a little bit more about your background? I've done a lot of different things in my life as an entrepreneur, freelance consultant, etc. And I moved to Columbia in my mid-20s and spent eight or nine years there. And that obviously changed my life. I left last year. And while I was there, I got very into nutrition and selling superfoods online on Amazon.com. And in 2015, I got into fresh produce. And yes, this story leads to Bitcoin, like everything. Once you're, <laughs> when you're obsessed with Bitcoin, everything leads to it. And in 2017, April of 2017, I had a harvest. Uh, we were leasing a farm and uh, golden berries. I don't know if you tried them, but uh, anyway, we had a frost, meaning it got too cold at night for like an hour in the early, early morning. And we lost a whole harvest. I was a little bit uh, in despair, but it was when I realized I need to expand and, and do different things with my life, not just the produce industry, which I still have a minor role in with, with the company I started. And mm-hmm. I went down the Bitcoin rabbit hole um, because I had podcasted in food for a long time. I, you know, I concurrently at when I was uh, doing the food full time, I had a food podcast. I realized that a podcast is the best way to have conversations with very interesting people that otherwise would not have conversations with you. So I started this podcast called Five Minute Crypto. And this was 2017, maybe June, July of 2017. And a couple times a week, I would do five minute. Um, some of them were kind of silly, like price predictions, like what will the price of, you know, I'd, I'd bring a, a trader on, they would guess the price of District 0x or some random ERC20 token in, you know, mm-hmm. next three months and make predictions. But I'd also do like quick five minute overview videos. And for those that know Roger, he's an incredibly kind person and he goes on these no-name podcasts and YouTube channels. And he went on my no-name podcast in early December of 2017, you know, Bitcoin Cash in five minutes. And obviously he didn't create Bitcoin Cash, but he's one of the largest proponents of it, as anyone who's into crypto knows. And so I got, uh, of my, I don't know, my 24 listeners, uh, or maybe 40 in the Facebook group, two people asked me the same question because Roger said, hey, if you want to earn Bitcoin Cash without having to get it from an exchange... Um, no problem. Just get a job at a company that pays them Bitcoin cash. And the question I got, and I asked Roger an email. Um, I got to dig up this email. It's pretty funny. I was like, hey, Roger, uh, what companies pay in Bitcoin cash? And he responds to me in, I don't know, 30 minutes. And he says, Bitcoin.com uh, pays in Bitcoin cash. Are you interested in a job? And I was like, uh, you know, my mind, I was like, hell yeah. Like I have not, um, you know, I'd only been in crypto for six months and Bitcoin.com was saying, are you interested in a job? And then I looked at their website and I was like, wow, they don't really have a, a podcast presence and you know, podcast is a growing niche. I have experience in this. I obviously don't have that much knowledge in, in Bitcoin, but I know how to podcast. And um, a week later, I was brought onto the team and I continue with Bitcoin.com until the end of 2019, where I left um, on a really good note because I think I put together some really good shows, made incredible contacts with the industry and learned so much working for Roger and a lot of other people that are kind of OGs behind the scene. So it was an incredible experience. And um, during that time, uh, you know, last year, I 
I found some CBD ground coffee and was was trying it. And I realized that there was no instant on the go version. Um, Sal, I'm sure you've heard of Four Sigmatic, the, the mushroom coffee people. Uh, I feel like I've heard that before, but I'm not a huge coffee um, snob, right? Like my coffee is basically, I use those little pods in this like off-brand Keurig machine. Um, so I love coffee, but I'm definitely not as sophisticated as I probably should be, I guess, with uh, coffee. Well, I don't know if you need to be sophisticated, um, but I will say, you know, in Colombia, I became a coffee snob because I didn't have the money to become a, a wine snob. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but like, no, I mean the, and actually, Four Sigmatic is is more it's it's instant coffee, just like we sell, except for ours is freeze dried, which means it's a little bit higher quality. But Four Sigmatic, mm-hmm. they sponsored, they were on Joe Rogan early and Tim Ferriss, and they're just using kind of superfoods, mushroom superfoods with coffee. And so they're the ones that kind of pioneered the idea for kind of high quality instant coffees. And and that's what we did with Crazy Calm. We created a high quality instant coffee infused with with CBD. First of all, that's an amazing kind of origin story, right? About how you were kind of recruited into Bitcoin.com. Um, I mean, that's really a cool story. So that's that that in itself is super interesting. And you know, like I said, I'm not as much of a, a coffee connoisseur as I should be. I'm sure if I had a great cup of coffee, it would change my world compared to the coffee that I drink every morning. But still, coffee is is huge and. CBD is a growing industry, as, as is cryptocurrency. They're definitely, um, you know, normal consumer might not think that CBD and crypto are related, but they do. They do go hand in hand. And there's a lot of people that are proponents for CBD, a lot of people that are proponents for cryptocurrency. So how did you kind of know that you wanted to incorporate all of these passions of yours, food, cryptocurrency, coffee, CBD? How, how did that all come together? Sure. So let's start with the CBD coffee. Um, I just like the way it makes me feel. I'm not allowed to say too many things because the FDA is still making rulings on this. And this is common to all different foods and vitamins. Um, It just takes a while for them to come around with that. But I can say it just feels great and and no caffeine crash. And I just so it was basically selling something I liked in a a portable form. Um, But the crypto, it's funny. Um, You know, I've I worked at Bitcoin.com and, you know, getting uh, retailers in Venezuela and all around the world to start accepting cryptocurrency and then interviewing, you know, overstock.com and um, cheapair.com, which is a really large travel site that accepts crypto. So I guess it always been in the back of my mind. But honestly, Sal, we formed our company in July or August. And then my buddy my and my co-founder, uh, Robbie, signed us up for Shopify. We said the word CBD and our, we hadn't even built the website. Shopify had already banned us. And then yeah, uh, we, we tried to open a bank account. This was all within the first week or two. And so I'd already thought about it, but then I was like, oh yeah, we are definitely going hardcore in cryptocurrency. And it's worth noting that, um, you know, I, I do understand that at least in the US, there's a lot of industries where payments work okay without crypto. Obviously you and I are big crypto fans and we probably spend it anyway, just because we love it. But I, I understand 99% of the world, they just want what works. But right. cannabis is such a home run, I think for a lot of reasons um, because of the problems they have with banking. And you can read articles um, about uh, these growers and dispensaries in California where the CFO drives around with uh, you know, a, a guy with an AK-47 protecting him and, yeah. and, and bags of cash. You know, That doesn't sound I, like a, a legal business, even though it, you it know, is. I remember hearing about that and, and seeing documentaries about that years ago. No banks would accept their money, and so they would have to kind of drive around with personal security they're trying to be a legitimate business, but they have to do these really sketchy 
forms of banking, which made absolutely no sense. It's surprising to me to hear that that's still kind of happening, even with, I mean, you can get CBD, for example, at a local video store, you know, like you can get, and it's probably not the best CBD, but you can get CBD type products at, at our family video around here. And marijuana is basically legal and decriminalized most places in the United States nowadays, as far as I know. So it's kind of crazy that this is still happening with banking and, and you know, makes it such a perfect fit for crypto. I'm surprised though. It is surprising to people that aren't in the, the cannabis industry, but it's just like crypto, which people listening will definitely be familiar with. Um, even if you're very new to crypto is it's just such a gray area where it's legal, um, but they haven't made determinations on exactly what type. So there's a lot of ambiguity in both mm-hmm. crypto and cannabis. And that's actually one of the reasons I've actually talked to the Avant Pay conference in Washington, D.C., and they do like a crypto payments uh, and cannabis conference. They had one last year. And I think like Tiki Barber, I, I, if you're a Giants fan, but, but Tiki Barber spoke because he's actually big into the cannabis space. And and anyway, a lot of these companies, they, they're afraid of crypto because they're like, hey, I'm already dealing with this uncertain uh, regulatory stuff with with CBD and, and, and marijuana. I don't want to add another gray area to the mix. And so one of the reasons that I'm going on this podcast is I want other cannabis companies to contact us, which has already happened and say, Hey, I want to accept crypto. How can I do it? And I I've found that, uh, with a couple key, um, key facts make people much more open to it. The first fact being, it's not like you're going to start accepting Bitcoin, Bitcoin cash, uh, Ethereum, and the next day, 90% of your sales are in crypto. It might be 1% maybe. So it's not something where you, you're going to, you know, your business is going to be entirely in crypto and it'll be out of your control. But that's been the main mm-hmm. one to getting people to say, hey, okay, I could try crypto and it wouldn't be the end of the world um, if right. for whatever reason. It's, it not, it's not a big risk to try crypto. Exactly. Exactly. Let's, you know, outside of business, Sal, I mean, driving around with $80,000 of cash, that's a right. whole nother risk that has nothing to do with taxes or or, you know, profit and loss. I mean, that can be a, you know, you can lose your life having that much money on you. Right. And I agree that there, there really is a perfect unison between crypto and CBD and like these high risk type banking industries. So I, I absolutely think that you're onto something here. And I think that it is really a perfect fit. Crypto payments and CBD or legal marijuana type companies, they seem to be a really good fit. But Let's talk about taxes, right? Because, you know, obviously Bitcoin.tax, we focus on cryptocurrency taxes. So let's talk about something we haven't really discussed too much on this podcast, which is how cryptocurrency taxes will affect somebody like you, a business owner who's accepting cryptocurrency payments. Sal, you're the tax expert, not me. Um, I'm going to put the disclaimer in here. Maybe it's already there. This is not tax advice. Please consult with a tax professional. And so I have much more experience accepting uh, you know, cryptocurrency as salary, like I did at Bitcoin.com or spending it. And then, um, you know, very amateur trading and, and buying and selling. But since I just launched, we've had over 21 orders. Um, and that's just, you know, on sales. We've also started speaking with our CBD supplier and they're interested. They saw our, an article about us and they're like, well, uh, we'd be interested in accepting cryptocurrency too. So I'm, I'm thinking about the tax implications. I haven't figured them out of taking our, our cryptocurrency sales, which is a, you know, a small percentage, but decent size because of kind of the awareness of our company in the crypto industry and using that to spend to the supplier. So kind of keeping crypto in the supply chain. But I realize most people listening, they're probably more interested in just accepting cryptocurrency and then converting it to fiat or maybe 
fiat being a fancy word for U.S. dollars, or maybe right. uh, holding some of it or holding half of it like a hybrid. So what I would say is our experience of setting up is um, with e-commerce, we use something called Coinbase Commerce. Now, BitPay is the biggest, and that actually allows you to automatically convert it, uh, you know, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, and I think now Ethereum directly to U.S. dollars. That you don't really need to even listen to a podcast about it because if you have 100% you know, instant conversion, then you just record the dollar amount that hits your bank account. But um, in CBD, uh, you can't use BitPay, right? And there's other people that, uh, for whatever reasons, they don't have access to to a BitPay uh, merchant account. Uh, and they may maybe they want to use a, a regular wallet. They don't want to go through a instant fiat conversion. In that case, um, it, it's been pretty straightforward so far. So we receive the order. Receiving the order is just like uh, fiat. And Sal, correct me if I'm wrong here, but let's just say I sell something for $34. Um, uh, if that's the, if someone pays for that in, in Bitcoin or Bitcoin cash or ether or Litecoin, um, you know, we'll mark that down as a sale at the same, same way we would mark down a sale for if someone paid us a credit card, 34 bucks, right. You know, minus the transaction fees, which are much higher uh, in CBD, we pay almost 5%. Whereas with crypto, we pay zero. So that's, that's nice. But yeah, that's the recording the sale I would say is exactly the same, obviously noting how much of the cryptocurrency you got. But uh, for all tax purposes, recording the sales is exactly the same as using U.S. dollars and accepting credit cards and, and checks and cash. Uh, there's four scenarios, right? Because you're going to have either short-term capital gains, short-term capital loss, long-term capital gains, and long-term capital loss, correct? Correct. So let's go with number one, uh, short-term capital gains. Uh, $500 worth of sales and, you know, say 10 orders, uh, for example here. And it's been less than a year, meaning it's short-term. I think a lot of Correct. listeners know that. So I had $500 worth of sales. Now it's worth $600. Um, so the capital gains we would pay would only be on the gains, meaning $600 minus $500, which is $100, Correct. right? So yes. we would pay yes. short-term capital gains tax uh, on those $100. Correct. Right? Now, so that's scenario one. Um, scenario two would be short-term capital loss. Let's say we you know get $500 worth of crypto and... As an aggregate, it's worth 400 when we convert it to U.S. dollars. Um, we've lost 100, so we'd still record. You know, the sale at the time would be 500 dollars worth of sales, but then we'd also have a short-term capital loss of 100 dollars, which we could write off. And then there would be long-term capital gains and long-term capital loss. And there's definitely a, a usage for this. I know there are some companies that. Um, I believe fancy.com. I'm not hundred percent sure, but some of the early companies that accepted Bitcoin that obviously did very well, even kept 5% of their sales, meaning that they might've converted, I don't know, 90% or 50% or 95% to Bitcoin, or I'm sorry, to us dollars, but kept the rest in Bitcoins. They obviously got serious capital gains. Um, right. meaning that, um, I think long-term capital gains is based on the, the income. And this is something I have to admit. I don't know about long-term capital gains. Uh, on the, I only know it for the individual side. I don't know about long-term capital gains for a business. I've just never dealt with that before. Um, I imagine that's your prerogative, right? If as a business, you don't have to sell, I mean, you don't have to convert to fiat. You can just hold on to it as, as long as like, I mean, it might not be a profitable way of doing things, but if you want to, you can hold on to that. Right. And there's some, uh, significant advantages to doing that, holding it more for a year. Obviously there's some risks there, but let's, uh, let's paint some real life scenarios for people listening, because let's say it's the, the restaurant owner or, uh, you know, someone with, with the video store or wherever, someone that has a physical storefront or even online. And we're only talking 1%. This might be someone who's never purchased crypto before, but they realize, and this is definitely true. We talked about this before recording cell that 
one of the, I think the, the no-brainer reasons to start accepting cryptocurrency at your business, which I've seen many times, is the crypto zealots and the free marketing and press you get. So you're going to get some initial orders off the bat. Um, yeah. But let's be realistic. Usually, at least right now, and hopefully that will change, we're talking maybe half a percent of your orders, maybe, you know, one out of every 200 orders. So it might be someone that has a store that's doing pretty well. And they're like, hey, I don't know if I want to invest in Bitcoin, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I don't quite understand it. But if I will take, you know, a very small percentage of my sales in Bitcoin, I don't mind holding on to that in a wallet for a couple of years. So I get some exposure to Bitcoin without having to buy it. I think there is a nice subset of people. I've seen that with um I, uh, a friend told me a bar in Thailand does that where, you know, some of the Bitcoin cash and Bitcoin people go there and, and they pay and they just keep it all. You know, that's, it's, uh, you know, whenever the Bitcoin cash meetup is, they, they make a little bit of money there and they keep it. And maybe over the long term, uh, that could you know be something pretty you know interesting amount of money to them. I agree. And especially if you hit that sweet spot of, you know, like you said, you're kind of going to get those crypto connoisseurs and you, that's going to be a little bit of a um, initial boost. But I think if you hit that sweet spot of like, hey, you've got a really good product as well. With those crypto connoisseurs, not only are you going to keep them, but they're probably going to spread, you know, the word of your business to maybe other crypto connoisseurs, maybe other non-crypto people and just be like, you know what, I, I got into this company because they accepted crypto. I like CBD coffee. And you know what, they got some great CBD coffee. So I'm going to stick with them. And, you know, hey, you know, Aunt Linda, who doesn't know what Bitcoin is, hey, you want some good CBD coffee, this is the place to go. And, you know, Bob, who loves cryptocurrency trading, you know, check this place out. They got good coffee. It's a very low risk thing, like we said. And it, it really is. If your product's good, then don't see too many downsides. Maybe I'm being naive about it, but I don't see too many downsides. Yeah, I don't think so either. Obviously, here's what I would say. Um, you, you know, Sal, if you're a large company like Amazon.com, um, you know, that's the really big one. But, you know, I mean, if you're a billion dollar company or hundred million dollar company, uh, there's probably a little bit more to consider because it might be a significant amount. But then if, that, if you're that big of a company, you also have you also can hire a full-time tax lawyer to tell you exactly what to do, right? I would say this podcast is probably geared towards more the small to mid-sized businesses that can't, you know, they don't have the luxury to pay an expert tax lawyer um, to tell them all about this. But to, I think, demystify the the fears around it, um, at least the, the irrational fears that, that we kind of talked about so far during this episode. Yeah. The guidelines on everything are murky, right? I mean, there aren't a ton of cryptocurrency business tax professionals that know about crypto taxes for businesses. There's a good amount of them. I've had them on the show, but it's a growing industry. It's not like for 50 years we've had, you know, our fathers or our <laughs> father's fathers were cryptocurrency tax professionals. You know what I mean? So it's like, there could be people listening to this show that our lawyers themselves are just trying to inform themselves about how does this operate? What can I do to help people? So it's still, it's still kind of the wild west out there. It's getting less crazy, but um, that's part of the reason we have the podcast is to talk to people that are experiencing it, that are experts in it, and that can really help other people navigate these, you know, murky waters. That's very well said. And a lot of times you have to, I mean, Uber is a easy example, Airbnb, but sometimes you have to play in the wild west, the gray area space. That doesn't mean, and a lot of times the law doesn't necessarily, illegal means unethical and legal means ethical. But what I mean to say is you should always be ethical no matter what you do, but there's an advantage getting early. Even though you have to deal with more gray areas, um, you can get the, the first mover advantages and experiences in the space. I'm sure most people listening wish they became a fanatic in 2011. I, I sure wish I did, right? And, and so um, there there is a an advantage to becoming, you know, the, the first mover in, in whatever space you're, you're playing in. And Sal, I'd like to make a, uh, can I make a, 
a shameless plug that has a, a lot of relevance to what we're talking about? Sure. Go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you um, preface it by saying it's a shameless plug, then that's completely fine. Okay. So, <laughs> so shameless plug here. So this actually happened in another huge book recommendation. So this is not the plug. This is a book by someone I don't know, but the best book in crypto. A lot of people think it's digital gold, which is fine, but there's a book called How Money Got Free. This is a history book of, of Bitcoin. I highly recommend it. Um, How Money Got Free by Brian Patrick Eha. But they talk about how back in the day, you know, back in the day being, I don't know, 2011, 2012, people will give discounts if you pay with crypto. And at Crazy Calm, you know, crazycalm.co, uh, we give a 10% discount if you pay with crypto. And for a couple of reasons. One is we're saving on the transaction fees, right? It doesn't cost us anything. But two is being in this uh, high-risk payment industry, um, high risk translates into our our payment processor, who were very grateful to take a chance on us because um, you know they didn't have to. They could cut us off any day for whatever reason. You know, um, it could be our account rep just like you know what I don't really like Matt. Uh, he I heard him on the podcast with Sal and uh, not our not our type of person. So they could they could literally cut us for no reason. It's nice to build up a alternative sales channel and get some people familiar that are already buying your product because you'll only be caught where all of a sudden you have no payment options. And so having crypto there to say, hey, listen, you know, I, I realize credit cards are still the name of the game, but we do accept crypto and we give you 10% off. We're trying to incentivize a base of people getting comfortable to pay us with crypto so that if that ever happens, um, we have a alternative way to stay in business. Right. And yeah, to kind of bring it all back to the beginning, I guess a good allegory here would be discussing what you mentioned earlier about having your, your crop freezing over and you kind of thinking to yourself, oh man, I got to do something to have a better safety net then, you know, if, if one crop freezes over, it doesn't screw me over. It's kind of the same thing. Like if all of a sudden your payment processor says, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to accept payments anymore, either crypto or fiat. It's good to have kind of both to have some safety net there. Yeah. And I've talked to and read about um, both cannabis, you know, the marijuana and, and CBD companies and hemp companies and hemp farmers who have literally been caught, um, you know, by surprise and, they're, they were going to launch a new product, et cetera, et cetera. But they had this whole payment issue that, that changes everything. And they had to, you know, they, their, whatever their timeline, their projections were delayed by a couple months. And they, um, I'm sure some went out of business, but others, like the ones I've talked to and read about, just say, hey, yeah, we had to figure out our payments thing. And that really set us back. So this is not, um, at least in high-risk banking, I know the, um, let's see, like, I think adult entertainment, I think some of certain types of contracting, there's certain types of, of industries, right, that are legal, but, but high risk, where uh, this literally affects, uh, affects people's day-to-day you know, -day lives. How long do you think it'll be until these, these fields are no longer high risk? I mean, it's funny you mentioned adult films. You know, obviously, I don't know much about the banking in the adult industry, but like, that's interesting because it's an industry that's been around for a really long time. Um, I get that it's a taboo kind of subject, so that's why it could be considered like a high-risk banking industry. But in terms of like CBD and cannabis, do you have any predictions or any hopes of when it's not going to be considered high-risk uh, banking industry? So I'm full of hope. Uh, I, I, I would say like, you know, strong opinions, weekly held. In my short time in the, in the cannabis space, I've seen, I've talked to what I would still consider to be experts tell me, hey, you know, the FDA is coming out with something next month hasn't happened. And I'm not blaming or calling out the people that told me this, this information that never resulted in anything. Just it's very difficult to predict. We have an election coming up this year. It does seem like energetically and intuitively that the, the energy is moving in the right direction. 
But I, I think that if you're working in the cannabis industry or you're working in the crypto industry, which, you know, uh, we're both working in, um, there's, I don't think it's like all of a sudden everything's green. You know, it's, it goes from red to green. It's like it turns green, then it's red for a little bit, then it's green, then it's red in this state. You know, I think it's going to be kind of up and down till it finally um, takes its place. And uh, but it, that's going to be we're in for a lot of years of, of high risk banking, if I had to guess. But uh, I, I do hope I'm, I'm wrong there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I, people that I know who have never tried marijuana are were willing to try CBD. Like CBD is picking picking up steam very quickly. CBD products, you know, like lotions and stuff like that. There's a, a few stores that have popped up, um, you know, in my town. And I remember with marijuana having a, a discussion with somebody years ago who had said, you know, it'll never be legalized, you know, in every state before I die. And Fast forward to now, it's pretty much legalized, and I, I I don't keep up with the marijuana legislation, but it's pretty close. Is it legalized in every state, or pretty close to it, right, or decriminalized at least? It's definitely moving in that direction. Um, it, it's close, yeah, yeah. It's it's farther than that person thought it would ever be. And with crypto, there is a lot more adoption, but it seems like honestly, CBD and cannabis are are almost moving faster than crypto. Oh, with crypto, 100%. it seems like a lot of organizations. It seems like it's dependent on the organizations for crypto, right? Like big organizations and a lot of them, and like even like banks and stuff are waiting to kind of see if there's going to be like a surge in, let's say Bitcoin again, like the price of Bitcoin, if, if, if it surges again and hits like 20 grand or something again, I think that's going to be an indicator for a lot of, this is just my opinion, but I think it's going to be an indicator for a lot of like organizations, a lot of businesses and say, okay, this is serious and this is here to stay. Even though that's not really a good way to indicate, we know in the industry that Bitcoin is serious, it's here to stay, crypto's here to stay. But I think that a lot of like organizations use that as kind of a gauge, like a signifier of, you know, okay, we're gonna invest in crypto, we're gonna get into crypto. That's my view at least. I think they're waiting for that next price surge of like Bitcoin and, and subsequently other crypto coins. It feels like the IRS is kind of like that too. Like, oh, we thought that, I think I had a guest that said this as well. Like IRS maybe thought that crypto was kind of going to die down and they didn't really have to like put forth all of these regulations. And now they're like, oh shit, we do have to put forth these regulations because there's people making like millions of dollars and not paying taxes. Yeah. It's, it's very hard to predict. I still think there's bipartisan, um, it's unanimous on both parties against crypto because of the threat really? to, to the banking. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, but, but here's the thing. That's some Illuminati stuff right there. Maybe, maybe. And, you know, I, again, strong opinion, weekly held. But I will say that one of the biggest enemies of crypto is not so much regulation, but ambiguity. Um, and same with CBD. And I think I mentioned it earlier on the podcast. But, you know, Eric Voorhees talks so much about how there's like, there's so many different agencies that are, are, are ruling on cryptocurrency. And when you have to deal with that many agencies, there's a lot of overlap and things like that, making it very inefficient. The state of Wyoming, to me, is very interesting. Like, I'm definitely paying attention to the state of Wyoming. But then there's the whole thing, and this with both crypto and cannabis, is what do they say on a federal level versus what they say on a, a state level? So it gets quite it gets quite complex. But my biggest hope, and maybe this is just me being cynical towards, um, you know, I'm more of the the liberty side, I'd say, and the you know more freedom, smaller government camp. I'm not an expert here. I don't want to turn this into a political discussion, but it's all to say that I think the incentives rule the world. Um, you know, Charlie Munger talks about that, and uh, when when U.S. realizes that this is a huge wave that they can make money on too, um, although it is a threat to the U.S. dollar uh, to, to a certain extent. Although I don't think it's going to take over the U.S. dollar, but 
when they, you know, kind of the fear of missing out where, hey, if Singapore, Switzerland, Belarus, all these other countries that are getting in on the, the wave and they stay behind, you know, the U.S. could be left out by, um, by not uh, jumping on the train early. Yeah, it's definitely good. It, you know, it is a great conversation to have. Obviously, it's not the primary topic of what we wanted to discuss today, but obviously things do kind of go toward the topic of politics when we're discussing like how Bitcoin is going to be adopted, how crypto is going to be adopted throughout the states and you know in other countries. So it is inevitable. And I think that a lot of people in the crypto space do kind of hold similar political views, just as kind of like an amateur political aficionado myself. I do see like a lot of people with the same kind of like libertarian type views when they're talking about crypto. Obviously not everybody. I mean, not even myself personally, but I do see those views um, pretty commonly held in the crypto space. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good conversation to have. I, I appreciate having the conversation with you about it. Maybe we'll have to have you on again so that we can have like a full on political conversation. It's always fun to talk politics, even though they always tell you not to talk politics <laughs> with somebody. It's always a great discussion. But do you have any kind of final thoughts about crypto and, and being a small business owner with crypto? Any promo codes or anything you want to throw out there for our guests to use to get some some cool CBD coffee, which I'm definitely going to have to buy myself, by the way. Yeah, I'll tell you what. So obviously you get 10% off if you pay with crypto, but I realized some people may not want to spend it because, you know, Sal did say about the taxable event, which is true. Um, so what I'll do is with the keyword um, or the, the promo code Bitcoin Sal, and, you know, B-I-T-C-O-I-N, you should probably know that. And then Sal, S-A-L, um, nice. through Valentine's Day, uh, you know, Bitcoin Sal, um, if you use that, you can get an additional, uh, either 10% off the, the price, or if you pay with crypto, you'll get 20% off. Um, and we'll, we'll leave that coupon code good through Valentine's Day. And one thing I would also like to leave to anyone listening that has a business or is starting a business and would like to accept crypto, I, I will leave users with my, my email, um, which I'm sure you'll put on the show notes at Bitcoin.tax. But my email is M-A-T-T, Matt at crazy calm c-r-a-z-y-c-a-l-m dot c-o um it's just any questions about the you know, logistics of accepting cryptocurrency that doesn't have to be tax related i personally want as many companies in the u.s and, and abroad to start accepting crypto so i'm always happy to give some tips or or answer any questions that i can um just something that i, I believe in and would love to help you out so don't hesitate to, to send me a message Awesome. Yeah, that's great. I hope you do get some people uh, to touch base with you about either, you know, starting a CBD company or taxation, cryptocurrency taxation or accepting cryptocurrency. I hope that you can kind of get some good response from this interview and have some contact with some good people. Do you have any questions that somebody's listening? You know, we have some really smart people that listen to the podcast. Do you have any questions that you have as a business owner about cryptocurrency that you would want to ask that maybe somebody could email our show at podcast at bitcoin.tax and let us know that, you know, hey, here's the answer. Yeah. So uh, two quick questions here. So one is understanding like the the exchange fees, how to account for certain fees and, and then transaction fees when you're paying taxes. Um, I So I use bitcoin.tax. Um, and I, I send that to my accountant, so, but so I don't do it myself, but as a business, I'd be interested in understanding how that works. You know, like the miscellaneous fees of, of sending it and the withdrawal stuff. Um, but two, this is probably more interesting is, is paying suppliers. So if we start paying our suppliers with cryptocurrency, um, how does that, how does that work? Um, you know, spending it, um, and maybe it's just the same thing we talked about. It probably is with a short-term and long-term capital gains, but a different spin that I haven't quite fully got my, my head around. So if anyone knows about that, 
Um, I'd be pretty interested in, in hearing that. Great questions. If we get any answers, we'll have to do a follow-up. If we do have somebody providing us with that information, or maybe we'll have somebody on that can talk about it. But Matt, it's been a great conversation with you. I appreciate you coming on. Kind of the first show of the new season. So thanks very much for being on. It was my pleasure, Sal. This was a fun conversation, and I hope to be back in the future. I hope to have you back, and I'm sure we'll stay in touch. So thank you again, and thanks, everybody, for listening to the Bitcoin Texas podcast. Be sure to stay tuned for more cryptocurrency and blockchain-related podcasts.